Hello, sisters. Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast. This is Danielle. Daniel here with my best friend, Kirsten. Hey, everyone. We are happy to be having you join our conversations. And we were just talking, like I was just saying, like sometimes I feel like I get jumbled when I'm speaking. And, and Kirsten reminded me that it's just about our conversations and we're sisters and we're not perfect in how we verbalize and how we express and how we process. And so we just are grateful to be on with you in our, in our journey. So, yeah, I think it gives, I think it gives everyone permission to just be themselves. Like even as you're listening to this podcast, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not a professional. Like I could never, you know, and, and having a conversation to draw closer to Christ is about being vulnerable. It's about being not perfect. It's, it's all of those things. So thank you guys for even the grace that you give us. You know, when you're listening to us, we've said this a few times, we're not proclaiming to be perfect or these amazing scriptorians or, you know, anything. We're daughters of our heavenly father and we're having a conversation. And if you love it and you're a daughter too, and you want to you know, share your words with us. We have been getting some wonderful feedback. I shared um, on another pod, like the messages that we've been receiving are so heartfelt from you guys. And we just really, really appreciate that. And, and we would invite you if you feel so called to comment on the actual podcast, because what that does is it, it puts the podcast out to other people. So more people can join our conversation. Um, and you know what feels amazing to me? I, Danielle and I are both entrepreneurs, right? We both build multiple businesses and we're you know, always talking about marketing and strategy and getting the word out. And what's so cool about this conversation, you guys, like the Lord is leading this, right? So if you share it and it, and it finds more people, then wonderful. But it's not like a, there's nothing like, you know, I'm not trying to monetize this. Like I'm not like, <laughs> and it's just so freeing. It's so freeing. It's like a, it's like missionary work, right? We're all just going to do our best and the Lord is totally going to make up the difference for whatever I lack or whatever, you know, Danielle lacks, which Danielle doesn't lack very much. It's usually me that's all over the place. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I probably do. I, I second that motion with the, you know, just thanks for the grace as we are learning and just going through this journey and sharing our journey with you. And this last, this past couple years, I'll tell you something that's really made a big difference, and I've shared already a couple times. We both have talked about it already um, on this podcast. Is just understanding the reality and the nature um, of evil spirits and navigating through that. Um, I've shared on my other podcasts about my journey as um, just a member of the church and in my career and just, un and then reading the, the scriptures and just under, just getting led to through different revelations, the reality of evil spirits and what, what that has done for me has been so freeing and it's freeing because I think before I had really understood the influence of the adversary around me, I really blamed myself. I was really trying to be so much more perfect and, and, um, and I wasn't giving people as much grace and like learning what evil spirits do and how they influence and how that's what, that's what life is meant to be. You know, is that is navigating that influence. It just helped me give myself permission to oh, just be and learn through it and not beat myself or anybody else up. And 
this week I was reading, I want to share a couple things with you. And then I, you know, I know we shared last week um, a text message from a friend um, who had given a priesthood blessing to his son from listening to our um, Navigating Through Evil um, Influences podcast and how wonderful, how much that helped his family just by exercising that testimony and that faith and that priesthood. And so maybe we can just start, will you read his text message again, just straight through? And then, um, and then I can share some of these stuff I was learning this week that just, again, just helping me navigate life. Yeah, absolutely. He said, Hey, Kirsten, just a quick note to you to say, thank you. I just wanted to share a recent experience with you. I have listened to only part of one of your podcasts, but it is the part I needed to hear. It was regarding demons and casting them out. As a priesthood holder, I often forget the power and authority I have at my fingertips. My son has struggled a lot recently with his faith, testimony, and life, and truly felt like he had a dark shadow following him. He was really afraid of the dark. It turns out he has felt this way for a while, and I just found out. I was able to have a great conversation with him, and he asked for a blessing. I reverted back to your thoughts, and I was able to grant him that blessing and cast out the demons that have been holding him down. It was an experience like no other. In all the blessings I have been a part of, I have never felt what I did on this one. I was able to command the evil spirits to leave by the authority I have and in the name of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. As soon as I said those words, it left right through my hands, through my entire body, and out my head, ascending above. This demon was holding on for dear life inside my son. He did not want to leave. I became speechless, heart racing, and tears streaming down my face. Kirsten, I testify that God and Jesus Christ live. They walk each step with us every day. I testify that the priesthood restored on the earth is here to be used and used daily, that through that priesthood authority, miracles and blessings happen, and that the most important place to exercise the priesthood is within the walls of our own home. I truly thank you for your insight that day. I have my son back, his smile, his laughter, his joy, and most importantly, his light is shining again. Much love to you for reminding me that we can perform miracles every day, that through the hands of God, all things are possible. Oh, so beautiful. I love that he shared that with you and um, allowed us to share this anonymously as well here because, you know, the scripture that came to mind when you were reading was that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit, and that also the other one is kind of combined that love casteth out all fear. And I just like, like thinking of his son and with the fear he was living in that soon as he could give him a priest of blessing, he could cast that out and cast and that his son could return to be full of light and love and not be afraid anymore. I just think that's so neat. Um, I was reading um, something. So this is um, from Brigham Young said this, and it talks about how foul spirits and what the, foul and evil spirits and what they are. So it says, so Brigham Young says, um, Brother Joseph warned the elders of Israel against false spirits. It was revealed to me that if the people did not receive the spirit of revelation that God had sent for the salvation of the world, they would receive false spirits and, and would have revelation. I think that was so interesting. It says, revel, they said they would receive revelation enough to damn the whole nation and nations of them unless they would hearken to the voice of God. 
He says, false spirits would be as prevalent and as common among the inhabitants of the earth as we now see them. Seeing that, and then he, I love how he says this, seeing that I have got on this thread, and then he goes on and he says, um, he talks about, we belong to this, this like, it sounds like in the back in the, his time, this is in, um, oh, it doesn't say the year on here, but it's, um, they were talking about spiritualism, like was kind of a movement. And he says, our revelations are either from above or they're from beneath. We receive revelation from heaven or we can receive it from every foul spirit that has departed this life. And they've gone out of the uh, bodies of murderers and highwaymen and drunkards and thieves and liars and every kind of debauched character whose spirits are floating around here and searching and seeking whom they can destroy and their servants of the devil. And they are permitted to come now to reveal to the people. I think that was strong. Wow. What I was thinking when you said that was <clears throat> what spirits, what evil spirits have I become familiar with? Like even, you know, and I'm not like pointing any fingers or naming any names in judgment, you know, there's so many layers of, of us, right? I mean, even just with me or with you, like we have layers to our spirit and our bodies. And there's sometimes when we're operating in more of like our temporal state, and there's sometimes when we're operating more in like our spiritual state. And, and I think all the leaders of our world do the same thing. I think they all have the light of Christ, but some of them don't operate in it. Some of them have evil spirits that they are completely familiar with. And so those spirits also we are familiar with. So I'm just going to use like an example. Okay. And I am not, I'm like, I hesitate to use this example for some reason. He's just coming to my mind. I am not going political on this at all. Okay. But let's just say like Donald Trump, you know, he's the president of our country right now. And what spirits is Donald familiar with? And as he speaks to us, is it completely him and or is he also speaking with also you know the influence of spirits you know and and how do those messages get out to us i'll, I'll give you another example we'll say like um i'm so not in pop culture anymore you guys i'm so out of it i like seriously don't care but i'm trying to think i don't even watch tv i'm like give me a tv show some sort of popular tv show like some kardashians who, yeah that's the one that i was thinking of and i didn't want to say it oh Okay, well, it was like, let's not use them. Oh my gosh, they're so annoying. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so the Kardashians, right? So what they say, how they say it, the way they are, what they, you know, and the type of culture that they, they there are spirits that they are familiar with. And it, it just is what it is. It's, it's all of us are familiar with spirits. So which of those spirits are leading and guiding them and us? to do and say good things and which of them are not. And I'm not even judging them. I'm not saying they're all bad or they're all good. You know what I mean? But like, it, it's so interesting, the culture for which we are led by. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. And you know, it's just like we talked about in one of the other pods about Dr. Victor Frankel. He says he found that being in the concentration camp, that there's not one pure race, meaning there wasn't people were that were a hundred percent decent and a hundred percent indecent. There was always a mixture of people going back and forth in between like what spirits that entertained that were, you know, indecent and then what part of our spirits are real spirits inside of us that are listening to God's revelation and, and being decent. And I just think that's part of navigating life. 
um, this other, this other by Elson, um, uh, elder Orson Pratt. I thought this was interesting. He said, and I'm going to put this into, you know, context for us too, of how to like distinguish. But he says that if then they were in the earth as early of the as the garden of Eden, evil spirits, he's talking about, no doubt they have been here from that day to this and that the earth is a place of their habitation. They, they wander seeking whom they may devour. Only think of a hundred devils to every being that now exists on earth. They have cunning beyond what you have ever manifest, ever seen manifested by the children of men. They can at times apparently be perfect gentlemen when they enter the tabernacles of the children of men. And they, the devil operates in every conceivable form. And this is what the apostle meant when he said, we do not merely wrestle against flesh and blood, but also against principalities and power. We have enemies far more powerful than men to contend against. The devil has not the, the devil has not the power to take full possession of the tabernacles of human creatures unless they give way to him and his influence to that degree that he gets power over them. And I think that's interesting. And for I know we've mentioned this before, but it's if you read in especially in the in the New Testament, it talks a lot about um, evil spirits being in the bodies of even children that, and it wasn't because necessarily just because of sin, but if you, I just went to the temple yesterday and it, if you listen closely to the endowment, it, it does give permission for that yeah. to happen and not just to, you know, be around us and entertain us, but also enter. And, and I, that is something why, like with what your friend shared about the priesthood and just being able to cast that out and that way, giving your rest, spirit and your body respite from their attack to navigate truth and revelation from, from above rather than beneath as Brigham Young stated. Yeah. There's one more here. I could read if you, unless you have a thought. Go no. right ahead. Okay. <laughs> So this one really helped me as I was reading this and I like to study to try to figure, you know, figure out how to best navigate for my own life. And this was by Patriarch Hiram G. Smith of 1931. And I'm going to read this. It's, it's a little bit long, but I feel like it answered so many questions of how do we discern? How do we know? And he said, he says right here, he says, concerning the spirits that are with us to guide, inspire, and protect us. Many people have said to me, Brother Smith, how can you tell the difference between the promptings of the Lord or his agencies and the promptings of the adversary or his agencies? And he says, after the earnest and sincere prayer, he says, follow your first impression and you will always go right. I thought that was very, very clear. Follow your first impression and you will always go right. And then he says, he says that they say to him next, well, how can I tell which is my first impression? They are usually so close to each other. It's difficult to even tell which is the first impression. Then I say the impression made by the spirit that is for our guide and our safety in the church is always from a good spirit. The spirit that proclaims and announces the truth, the truth doesn't need, and this is where he dives into that I really got something good out of. It says the truth doesn't need an alibi or a crutch to support it. And I, I tried to think, 
So he, he kind of elaborates, but I want you guys to think, what does it mean that we need an alibi or a crutch to support truth? Is that kind of like where we start justifying things? Yes. That's what I wrote down. Justify. Yeah. Yeah. Justify or blame. You talk in circles about it and like kind of bring in some supporting evidence and like, yeah. yeah analyze it to death. And, and I think I do that even with things that are true as well. This is, you know, we're reasoning, I think, you know, and th I think this is why it gets confusing because it's, it's like, well, I'm reasoning and I'm using, I'm trying to, you know, there's also the scripture in DNC that says, you know, like something about how you, you had no thought save it was to ask me, you know what I mean? Like you're just asking and you're not thinking about it. So do you know what I mean? In DNC where he basically he's saying like, don't just ask, like you can ask, but also More. study and ponder and think about it. So how do you support and reason and, and ponder without feeling like you're justifying well, or, or having an alibi as, as this thing says? Well, that's, I mean, exploring and pondering are all part of the process, but I'm thinking of, let's just say where someone says they feel like they got an answer to like, let's just say, leave the church. And they're like, well, because of this and because of this, because of this, and maybe it doesn't need to be something that big, but that's the justifying I would say. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just an, one example. I don't, there's probably so a lot of others. Well, let's take the opposite of that. I feel like I should stay in the church. Right. And so when I receive the answer, okay, I'm going to stay in the church. Do I also feel like I need to start listing off things? Well, because of this, like that seems kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's yeah, the point, I mean, right? Yeah. It does seem silly. I feel like I should stay in the church and I have no reason to like try to explain it to you. Like there's nothing there other than it's right and true. Capital T true, like I talked about yeah. in the last pod. Whereas on the other side of it, it's like, well, yeah, but there's this and this and these are, you know, and so, yeah, so I, I don't know. Is that a good example? Is there That's, a, a yeah, so example? Maybe? I'll finish his, his little okay. story here, but he says, so if you go back and knock down all the crutches, all the alibis, all the excuses, the adversaries agencies, so like his legions, right? In their promptings are usually of, and this is really key. If you have a pen, I would write this stuff down. He says they're usually very urging crowding a hurrying nature so he says while the spirit of the lord and his agencies are always of a quiet sweet peaceful and convincing character so to me that was like confidence like you don't have to justify i know how to walk i don't need a crutch i can what explore with you What's the, I'm writing this down because I think it's amazing. So I wrote demons. That's what I'm calling them. Yes. Demons have an urging, crowding, and what's the third word? Hurrying nature. Hurrying nature. Okay. Hurrying. Which, yeah. So it's like desperate. Mm. Like desperate. Ner nervous. Yeah. Nervous. Like, oh, it's not, you know, I got to do it right now. Like nervous with a hurry is what I mean. Not necessarily. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nervous. That's another good word for it. Okay. So while okay. the spirit Whereas of the Lord... And his agencies are quiet, sweet, peaceful, and convincing character. You just know, and it just feels confident. And you just, can you feel trusting? Yeah. Like, I, this is going to be not the, you know, best of uh, examples, but let's just say you really want this really cute red purse 
and you don't, you want, okay, this is a really dumb example because again, if it was really meant for you, right? And, and the, the adversary, if it wasn't meant for you to have, then the adversary would be like, you gotta go buy it now or it's gonna be gone. You have to go now. Oh my gosh, someone else is gonna have it like that. But if the Lord was like, you can have it if you want it, let's work on this. It'll always be there for you because I will preserve it for you. Yeah. That's, that's the difference I'm thinking, even though that is shit. I like that example. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll give you an, another example. I have this a lot um, with my business. And I think that I think that Satan, he will find that one thing that means the most to you that is like a it's a huge deal. And it is. This is your life's work. This is how you take care of yourself and your family. This is a big deal. So why wouldn't he? Satan doesn't play by rules. He goes and finds the one thing in your life that's the biggest deal that you have the most emotional attachment to. And he plays on that. So I find that. When I am living in my truth, in my purpose with prayer, putting the Lord first every day and just putting one foot in front of the other and creating what the Lord is guiding me to create, I feel confident. I feel peaceful. I feel trusting. I know that what I'm doing is right and good and, and blessed. My work is blessed. And and you know what? And I do, I, I like social media, but this is one thing I do not like about social media. I get like this. We all get like this where we start following someone and they're doing it bigger, better, faster, stronger than us. They're already 10 steps ahead of us. And we're just looking at them. And I instantly, I'm just like, Oh no, Oh my gosh, I've got to hurry. I've got to, ah, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. It's already done. It's I'm just a husband. I have all the feelings, all the thoughts and Satan just, turns it and you just pour salt in the wound and it just feels like so yucky that happens to me like i mean i'm gonna say at least like four times a week you got you know what i mean like maybe more maybe less sometimes but on average like you know four or five times a week where i am just like oh i feel despair i feel like yeah, the crowded is the word. Like, it's like, oh no, there's too many people doing it already. Like, you're not going to be able to be good at it. You're not going to have anybody to talk to. You're, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a you good example. Like <laughs> yeah, abs oh, absolutely. And that uh, something, an affirmation that I repeat to myself is um, that helps me kind of get back grounded and trusting and faith and all that is um, things that are meant for me will be pre are preserved for me. Mm, yeah. And the timing that they're meant to be in. And that's mm. the key is that if you, if you are on the journey you're meant to be, which you are, you absolutely are, especially every time you turn it back to repentance, you're on the right journey, right? You turn it back to the atonement to be cleansed. You're on the right journey. Then things that are meant for you to achieve are going to be preserved. You haven't missed the mark. Man, I feel like I'm saying that to myself because sometimes like, yeah. I need to hear that. And I'll finish what he says here. He says, because it's just like that. After we have done away with all the excuses, all the alibis that usually support our experiences. So the blame, you know, just being honest. This, this to me says, what, you know, being honest with ourselves and it gives you a confidence. We can discover what is the right spirit. And it's the spirit of conviction. You don't need to justify. It's just you feel convicted in it. It's the spirit of peace and of charity, which is the love of the Lord and his work. It's not in a it is not a hurry, but has time to decide, time to weigh, time to consider, 
does not act in haste, but in calm deliberation. We learn then we are able that, sorry, we learn then the truth and we have a guide, which is a companion to every member of the church who is faithful and true so that we are able through the blessings of the Lord to receive that comfort and consolation, which will support us even in time of distress. I thought that was such a good description. I was just like, I underlined like the whole thing because <laughs> it was such a good way to like know that you are being guided by an evil spirit. If you feel any of those things that you're a has been, or you feel like the space is crowded or you feel urgent or hurry. Or, and I'm not saying that, you know, that there's things that the spirit are, spirit isn't saying, like, I need you to go do temple work. And there, there's an urgency to it, but there's also a peace. It's mm -hmm. the urgency with nerves, I would say, nervousness, because nerves and anxiety, that stuff comes when our heart is separated from God. It starts to panic. It's not a natural feeling for our body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do when you feel anxious and nervous? You know, um, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing, but you know, we woke up Sunday morning, um, and Kyle is, is feeling this way. He is, he's just kind of jittery. I'm just, and I like to walk around and poke him cause it's, cause it, cause it bugs him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what's going on, Kyle? What's going on? What's going, you know? And I'm just trying he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. Like 20 minutes later, I come back. I'm like, Hey, what you doing? What you doing? How you feeling? You know, he's like, I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know. I'm fine. You know? But, you know, he told me, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. And I'm like, well, let's, let's talk about it. Like, what is this? What is, what is really going on? And so we just kind of went through the process like, well, you know, re the reality is we um, are getting ready to leave Hawaii for um, two months. Actually, we're going to leave. And we're, we're going to have a huge, huge trip coming up. So in the next two weeks, we have a ton of work to get done. And, and that doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't sound much different from all of you. You all have, maybe you're not leaving Hawaii, but you probably want to come to Hawaii <laughs> and you should, but you have a ton to get done. You have a lot going on in your life. Everyone does. We all design these lives where we um, are anxiously engaged in a good cause, right? And so we have our children and our, our doctorate and our, all the things that we're working on. And so we wake up in the morning and we feel anxious. And I told him, I'm like, let's identify it real quick. Like, let's just, let's just look at our surroundings, take some stock in what's going on right now. There's nothing wrong. Everything is good. Everything is as it should be. Everything is exactly as you and God have created it to be. So I think taking that personal responsibility, actually from the beginning, um, that, that you are not being acted upon, that you are in complete 100% control of what is happening and how you are feeling about it, right? So there's that taking stock of your environment, taking um, responsibility for how you're feeling and what you have created in this exact moment. And I learned this actually on a couple of pods ago where I took, you guys remember, I took total responsibility for this like argument that Kyle and I had. And like all of a sudden I actually processed it on the podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, I was creating that because I felt like that's how I needed to learn. There was something in that situation that I needed to learn. So anyway, just trying to go through the steps, right? Like, I think this is valuable. Taking stock of your environment, taking responsibility for what you're experiencing. And then, and of course, asking the Lord to shine his light 
on what is really going on here. And even if I'm feeling super, super heavy about something, I will regularly cast out demons. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I haven't done that for a while. Um, I ha- I've been feeling pretty good. So, you know, I haven't thought about it. But yes, if I feel that there's a, a certain feeling or pattern that keeps being brought to my life, like on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? Get out of here. Like, this is not me. This is not the Lord. This is a demon. This is not of God. This is an unclean spirit or a demon or whatever you want to call it, a dark spirit that is attaching itself to the emotion of this situation. The situation itself may or may not be good or bad, but there are spirits attached to these situations that try to bring energy and bring emotion to heighten your sense of feeling about a certain subject. So paying attention to that is actually like, the Lord is still there. He didn't go anywhere. He's like, hey, I'm still here too. I got you. I'm watching you experience this and learn how much more quickly will you start to turn back? You know, I think if there was a theme for what I have learned in my life over the last, I don't know, year, two, three years, maybe it's, it's the skill. I'm going to call it a skill. (laughs) It's the skill of learning to turn back to the Lord more quickly. Doesn't mean I'm not going to experience the emotion of it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go through the whole drama and like freak out about all the things, right? But it's like, whereas maybe, you know, five, six longer years ago, five, 10 years ago, I would have sat in something longer. I would have sat in the emotion of it and just let it just run through my veins, you know, just take control of the whole scenario and not turn back. And, And I feel like over the last five years or so, I really have just learned to turn it back to the Lord more quickly. And that's what I would invite you guys to do. Just pay attention to that and and understand that the goal is to instantly turn it to the Lord, instantly have the Lord there with you at all times. And what would that be like, right? To have the Lord ever present in our lives. And, you know, that's perfection. (laughs) But I do think that the path, what it looks like, if I could illuminate what my path has looked like and what it might look like for yours is the practice is being able to turn more quickly back to the Lord. And that's exactly how we keep and cast out evil spirits. And that you said something really pretty interesting for what, you know, considering what we just read is you said you used to let it run through your veins. I mean, think about that. That's allowing when we entertain the hundred or plus, you know, like what's his name? Uh, oh, anyway, I already moved the page. Patriarch Hiram G. Smith. Yeah, it was the one before that. I th- um, okay. that said it. I can't remember now. Um, For some reason, Hiram's name stood out to me. I don't remember yep, that. Again. That's who was the last one. It was one before that that said there was like a hundred. But anyway, point being, if you think there's like a hundred around, and then there you entertain their ideologies, you entertain. And you, and he just gives us patriarch Hiram G. Smith in 1931 gave a really clear, like, this is what those spirits that are around you, they want urgent and all these different, you know, characteristics, um, excuses, blames, justify all that kind of stuff means you're listening and you're repeating something from an evil spirit. And then, and as, as we, as we continue to do that, right. And then you said, 
I felt like I, I had to, that's how I had to live. And I, I let it run through my veins. Like that's allowing them to actually take possession. Yes. Yes. And then now you said, now I've learned to quickly turn back to the Lord. That's blocking possession. So it's, it's a, the repentance is it just makes so much more sense with the atonement. How amazing it is to keep you cleansed from that. And again, this is, God has allowed us to have agency, which that agency allows them to come in or to not come in to our lives. They are around us. That's just the world we live in. But which channel and which frequency are we really going to stay tuned into or turn back to turn the channel back to because I don't, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, we need to be perfect. And in charity on channel charity all the time, it's that we, that would be great. That's how Christ lives (laughs) channel charity, right? That's how he lives. And that's what we're working to do. But how, until we understand it's a frequency, it's not just like it says channel one, two, three, four. I'm like, I know one really well. This is a frequency that's like, I'm still learning how to recognize that frequency. And it's like, oh, I know it. And then something else happens. And it's like, oh, I got off. Now I don't know. It's like, yeah. It's like when you're, you know, navigating anything, like if you're <sighs> walking, I've done this before where I'm walking somewhere, you know, to my parking spot after being in a store and I'm on my phone and I was on my phone coming in and I'm like, I don't remember where I parked. It's like, so I have to like get back on course. I have to get back in. So it's, I feel like the frequency, right? Channeling charity is a frequency where you have to, we're going to get things that are going to distract us. And that's part of learning to like put the phone down, be completely a hundred percent present, walk with the Lord from your parked car to the store and then back because you yes. don't remember where it is, you know, but it's just, a, you know, a little example of staying in that it's channel. a great frequency. example, actually. <laughs> I mean, I, what if you guys, next time you park your car, practice this. Ask the Lord to come with you. Lord, I'm going to go, I'm going to go this direction. I want you to come with me. And then, you know, I just practice walking with the Lord. I love how in that text message I got from my friend, he said, I testify that the Lord walks with us daily. He is walking with you from your car to the store. He knows exactly where you parked. You were the one that was distracted. You were on a different channel and you chose to be on that channel. And maybe there's purpose in that channel. It's okay. Again, the the goal is always to not judge yourself for being on a different channel, right? That's not what the Lord wants you to do. That's Satan that wants you to feel bad. Oh, yeah, you're so stupid. Look, you're on a different channel. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that's not even, that's not the Lord. He wants you on his channel, and then he calls you stupid for being on it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, he's so sneaky. I want to go back to one thing you said that really, really, I want to, oh, my goodness. So, Imagine, so we'll just say there's a hundred. I mean, we don't need to put a number on it necessarily, but let's just say there are a hundred evil spirits assigned to me and there's a hundred evil spirits assigned to you. And there's a hundred evil spirits assigned to Kyle. And there's you know, a hundred evil spirits assigned to my children and to your team members and your parents and all this, you know, think about that. Next time you're having a conversation with someone, you're like, mm, am I having a conversation with your evil spirit right now? <laughs> You know, which is kind of funny and not totally true. You know, it is, it is you as a person. But isn't it interesting to become more keenly aware of which of those 
emotions and energies and spirits are, are putting themselves forward with you? And are there certain evil spirits that are assigned to conflicts that you may have had with someone? Actually, I have a really, really good example for this. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give too many specifics, but I had a, someone um, in my life in business who I had a lot of really negative feelings about. Like it was just heavy, heavy, heavy. It didn't matter what this person did or said. I was just going to be annoyed with it. It didn't matter if they did something nice for me or not nice for me or they, they were successful or unsuccessful. It was just this constant, heavy, ugly spirit. And it went on for a couple of years. And it, you know what? I'm not, I don't know. I'm not proud of it. I, I don't want to proclaim like it was okay. But at the time, I didn't feel capable. I, I actually entertained it and want, in some weird way, I guess I wanted it. Because I allowed it to stay. Or I didn't feel capable of allowing it to, or casting it out. And it ended up that, you know, life, again, you guys, this was, the better part of two years. This was not like a quick, easy, oh yeah, and then I got over it because I prayed. You know, no, this was ingrained like in me to have these feelings. And I had so much justification and reasoning. And I talked to Danielle a lot about it. And anyway, it has since worked itself out. And, and it's because the situation that we were in together has also changed. You know, that, that situation had to change. It wasn't, it wasn't just going to change on its own, like with a wave of a magic wand. I mean, with the atonement, it could, but you know, there had to be some things in the scenario that changed. And I also had a, a time where I received a blessing and and I recognized that it was it was actually an evil spirit that was assigned to this conflict. So it wasn't just me, it's me. I'm taking responsibility for my feelings. Definitely me, like I'm choosing to entertain that. But there were also evil spirits that were assigned to exacerbate the situation and make it seem like way bigger deal. And I actually had the opportunity recently to talk to one of my friends who actually was having a similar situation. It was with a similar uh, relationship in her life. And, and she's still kind of living it, you know, and I'm just holding space for her and loving her. But I just wrote, I just brought to light for her. I said, you know, it's interesting to kind of be on the outside of this and observe. I've been where you are and I would just invite you to take a look at who or what are these evil spirits that are just so intricately woven. Like the word that was in my head when I was listening to her, I said, it's like a web. It's like there is this web that is just woven and it's woven through you and around you and around your little finger and around every single part of you so that like just when you think you get out of a certain part of it, it's like wrapped around you in another part and it just pulls you back into it. It's so interesting the way that evil spirits can become a part of certain conflicts in our lives. And again, I'm not saying I have all the answers to that. I think we've talked about some of the steps to, to move past those things. Um, but. Those, those situations are definitely real. You know, I think that's a really um, good example. And part of the example is, yes, we can pray and repent and ask for evil spirits to be removed 100%. The other part of it is, it is completely taking responsibility. I have invited this in. I'm allowing that I'm tapping into this frequency. And why? What can I learn from that? What does it serve me? 
to tap into this frequency? Does it serve me? So, because I feel like I feel like I'm a better person because I'm better than this person, or is it because I, I feel like I'm an unworthy person, and so I'm going to buy into that and I'm going to attach it to this experience because I already have an, a belief of my unworthiness. Does that make sense? So, like you're looking at. Why do you buy into it? It's something that otherwise you would not, that frequency would not even touch you. It wouldn't if you were so aligned with charity in that thing, which again, we're not meant to be right now on this planet at this time, all 100% aligned. We're, we're on the path. So let's look at one thing at a time. I think for me, if I'm being really honest and I look at situations that I have now I can take responsibility for choosing them, right? And, and I'm not dead yet, so thank goodness. I'm going to keep choosing them. I'm going to keep, it's almost like we've got this smorgasbord of experiences, you know? And we're like, oh, I'm going to take that one and that one and that one. These are the experiences that my spirit needs to, to progress. And some of them are really freaking ugly. Like seriously, like, oh my gosh, Kirsten, why are you in this situation with this person? Like, ah, you know, and some people, I've read a lot about, you know, some people are here to teach us. Like we, we wanted to learn from them. And, and what about that? Like, what about that situation where maybe asking yourself, did I choose this conflict even before I came to the earth? And Maybe even the evil spirits that surround me knew that I chose this one. And they were like, oh yeah, we're going to get you on this one. We're, we totally know that you chose this one. We're going to get it. You know, we're going to get you. And, and again, it's, so it's not really that you are wrong or bad or, you know, like there's something wrong with you because you're choosing this conflict. But the step that like step number one is recognizing, like you said, that you are choosing it. It was not put upon you. It is 100% like there for you, for you to learn. Even, you know, and, and I know there are certain situations we've talked a lot about abuse on our pod. And I don't want to say that like you chose that, but you know, like there's always, the Lord will always turn it around. He'll always turn it around for your best and highest learning and growth. Some things that happen to you are not exactly from your choosing, but I would dare say that most things are. Well, and maybe that was from my choosing in the pre-existence. Maybe, and I do believe the Lord showed me my path and said, I know, okay, you said this is what you want to become. You're a co- you want to be a covenant daughter of God. You want to become this. And he showed me who I, I can and will become. And he says, but in order to get to that woman right there that's glorified and beautiful and knows her worth, these are some of the options of what you can go through in mortality. This one's going to be the most beneficial for your learning if you turn to me during. And, and I still believe he gave us the choice. I don't think that he just like, oh, I'm going to put you here and so you can get taken advantage of as a little child. No, no, no. I think he sat down and just said, I don't want you to have to go through this, but I know the bigger picture and I'm going to show it to you in the preexistence do you want to take this on in mortality? And I believe I said, yes, I do. I don't, I'm nervous about it. I don't probably, I don't know what it means, but yes, father, I trust you. I love you. I want to be that covenant daughter of God. I want to be that woman that you showed me that glorified woman that I am to become. And if it means going through this, yes, 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 I'll do it. 
100%. So I do think we still chose it. And I don't mean it like in a bad way. And a lot of the times it's because of choices of other people as well. But I still think if God knows the beginning from the end, I think he still presented us with choice. I don't think he's ever, he cannot take our agency away ever. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Even in the pre-existence. It's, it wasn't taken away then. It's not taken away now. So I want to bring, I'm going to go a little bit deeper with this because this is something that I see pretty often as a business coach, as a life coach, you know, the, all the amazing women and men that I get to work with. And I see that there is a pattern of choosing a difficult path in order to learn. I, and, and I'm thinking of a few people in particular, myself included, where, and in fact, I just got a message on Instagram the other day of this girl saying, oh my gosh, like I've noticed that I always take this path that just teaches me this really difficult lesson. Why do I keep choosing this? And so I would invite you, you know, to pay attention also to the situations in your life and, and how it's gotten you to where you're at and, and look at, look back on it with love. And wow, I've really learned a lot from that. And is there a possibility now that you don't need to choose the difficult path anymore? Danielle and I have talked about this a lot with your doctorate and I'll share just one thing really quickly. Um, after a lot of deep prayer and meditation, I was in a really, really good place. You know that place where you can get sometimes, I don't know, maybe you guys get to it a lot more often than I do, but I don't get to this place all the time where I have just been, you know, doing the things to just sharpen that frequency of charity and, you know, truth. And I'm feeling so good. And I heard the Lord say to me, I heard him say to me, Kirsten, I know what you want to create. I'm so excited for you. I'm here with you. We're doing this together. You have a choice. Do you want to continue learning the hard way? Like the, the way that you normally learn. And that's okay. Like if you feel like you still want to go that way, I'll go there with you and we'll do this together. Or do you want to go this, this other way? This kind of easier, light, like just floating on the clouds kind of way. And, and I'll be honest. There was a moment where I, I actually, I almost wanted to choose the harder way because I, I have a deep belief, Danielle and I have talked about this a lot, I believe that hard is good and anything worthwhile is uphill and I've had mentors that teach me that and, and I do have a belief in that, that it is, it is uphill, but I heard the Lord saying to me, hey, if you, if you want to go the light, fluffy cloud way, I'll, you can still learn. I'll still teach you everything that you need to learn. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it, it took me 38 years to get to this place now. And maybe I'll go back to another period of my life where I do need to learn hard lessons. You know, I'm not saying my life's going to be like so easy now. But I did hear from the Lord. Like I, I got permission to ask for things to just be more filled with light and grace and joy and happiness and just free flowing love and energy and not the lower vibration hard, like go through the mud and just trial after trial, you know, pioneer, like freezing tundra, like kind of energy. Is it okay for us to choose lighter, more loving ease and joy in order to bring about his purposes. Like, is that okay too? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. And I'm going to share in closing here, something that happened to me this week, as well as studied this week. Um, I am in, so this was, let's see, Matthew 10 through 12, where he says, Christ says, my yoke is e easy. My burden is light. 
He makes things easy for us. Hard is when we, and this is what my thoughts from writing it, he's so gentle and loving in his teaching. Hard is when we are putting like pride or we're not listening or doing things with him. And then we fall hard. And the, the thought, the image that came to me was square peg round hole. And we're like, ah, just fit. You got to fit because you were trying to put all the concepts into this mold into how we think it should look like. And we're like, it needs to go on this, this square peg needs to go in this round hole. And he's like, I'll give you a round peg. <laughs> it's a lot easier. But I'll tell you what happened that helped me like really learn that is it's something kind of simple. But every night um, about eight o'clock, my, my cats are like ready for the feather and I swing the feather around and run around, you know, the house with it. Well, one of my little, my little kitties, um, the, the boy kitty, um, Lincoln is his name. He likes to go on top of the armoire and he loves me to throw the feather up there. So it's on a string and it has a little plastic piece that um, is attached to it, making the feathers, you know, stay together and then a bell on that plastic piece. So, so I'm flinging and flailing flailing it around him and he's just like, Oh, all excited all of a sudden. And I've never done this before on him. I accidentally with wherever he jumped and I flew, you know, flung the feather, it hit him on the bridge of the nose and he went stunned for a minute. I felt so bad because it like it hurt him and he like he like stopped and was like oh and his eyes kind of like looked like they went cross-eyed the poor little guy he was in pain I felt so bad I started crying I was like I'm so sorry because he's like this sweet innocent little soft little kitty and then I hit him in the nose oh my gosh makes me cry thinking about it and then after that I, he still was up there and wanted to play and I said, okay, so I just was lightly, I was being so gentle. And I got this like words that came into my mind that said, that's how I am with you. I'm going to teach you through gentleness. He's not the one that's going to hit us on the you know, nose. It's only when we're playing irresponsibly, right? That that we make it, that it gets hard. But he's, I just, I felt this love and this passion, compassion and, and just this, oh, just so much unconditional love for this little sweet kitty that I just hit. And I just wanted to be so gentle and kind to it. And I just, I love that he reminded us that that's how he feels towards us, loving and gentle and kind. And he's going to teach us that things can be easy. And when we are living in the hard, it's okay. We're navigating but it's not actually from his spirit. Just like we kind of started talking out or started um, the podcast talking about the way that Christ's spirit is, the way that revelation is from God or revelation from evil. There's really only two avenues and navigating back to the frequency of charity is how we, how we continue to have his yoke be easy and burden light, how things become simple for us in our lives and gentle and we get taught we can get taught by him with kindness not harshness like the adversary wants so anyway thanks so much sisters for processing with us today and being just beautiful sisters in zion i just feel like we have such a blessing we are covenant daughters of god and sometimes when i'm feeling down that's what i remind myself and i repeat it as an affirmation i am a covenant daughter of god i'm not just a daughter of god i'm a covenant daughter 
And I hope that helps. You can use that affirmation or, you know, that, that statement, I should say, because it's a true statement. And we will see you guys next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.